In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. We have been traveling through this season of Epiphany. Epiphany is that season in the church year where we recall and remember and allow to impact us what it means to meet Jesus. Remember, we started with the wise men traveling a huge distance to come and meet the newborn Jesus. And throughout this season, our gospel lessons have really centered on what it means to encounter Christ, how lives can be changed, whether that was the wedding in Cana of Galilee, Jesus reading from the Isaiah scroll, the calling of the first disciples. And today we see how meeting Jesus again changes us for good. Now, Jesus is love, but not the kind of love that we might expect. Last week, we celebrated the day of love, Valentine's Day. And I have to admit that we are not a big Valentine's Day family. I mean, it's always good to have a party or a celebration or eat chocolate. So that's always welcome. But Valentine's Day in general is one of those days that I think kind of perverts a lot of people into thinking that love is a particular kind of thing. When as Christian people, as followers of Jesus, we're called into a different kind of love, a love that is not quite so roses and chocolate and is a lot harder. Because see, love is hard. And the kind of love we see put forward in good stories from scripture that should inspire us are those kinds of stories that really challenge what the world may tell us love really means. And we see one of the best examples of that in today's first lesson from Genesis about Joseph. Now, a quick reminder of the story of Joseph. Joseph was the younger son of Jacob, and Joseph was sort of annoying to his brothers. His brothers were jealous of him. He always kind of had these wonderful dreams, and he danced around, and he was happy. And his brothers didn't like it, and so they sold him into slavery. And all of this wonderful drama ensues of Joseph bouncing around here or there and getting in trouble, finally ends up in prison in Egypt, but he stays rooted in God. He stays connected and faithful to God. And so through that faithfulness, he's able to rise up in Egypt to become number two. We get today's story when there's a famine in the land and all of his brothers have to come to Egypt to buy grain from Egypt because Joseph had helped Egypt store all of this surplus grain. And so here they are in the court. Joseph knows it's them, but they don't know it's Joseph. They assume Joseph has died. And then when Joseph reveals himself, did you catch in this story that kind of, oh crap moment that the brothers probably had? Because here they had sold Joseph into slavery, assuming he had died. And now he is the one in charge. And he is so much in charge they know he can do anything to them that he wants. And there, in this court, where the brothers know they are completely at his mercy and that he would be always defensible to just do whatever he wanted to them, Joseph forgives. In this moment where I certainly don't know that I could have been this big a person, Joseph forgives. And we see in this model of forgiveness a love that is transcendent. But it's not just because Joseph's a good guy, it's because Joseph's faithfulness has stayed rooted this entire time. He knows what he's supposed to do as a servant of God, and so he takes the only action available to him. But it is so incredibly inspirational. Now we get to today's gospel lesson. 
Today's gospel lesson finds Jesus teaching again and teaching hard truths. Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Anyone takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes your goods away, don't ask for them again. And on and on and on. And then Jesus gets to the point. If you love those who love you, what good is that? This is the challenge of the kind of love that God invites us into. If you love those who love you, well, that's kind of easy. I mean, that sort of makes sense. But to love your enemies, to love those who hurt you, who wrong you, who undermine you, who frustrate and annoy you, that, that is the real trick. That is the kind of hard love that God calls us into. And that is the kind of love, oh my goodness, our world needs so much. We all know example after example of the way in which our world is so backwards and mean and ugly to each other. I have a friend who teaches in a private school, not in Texas, who had an entire email thread totally fabricated about ideas that they think she had in order to get her in trouble or even better fired from her school. And they did a deep dive. They could prove everything that this was totally fabricated, but that's the kind of world we live in. She had to go and defend herself, be put on leave simply because there are people who are ugly enough to try and undermine the people just doing their job. And this is somehow becoming more common almost becoming more normal. This is the world that we live in. As followers of Jesus, we cannot abide with this. This should not be good enough. No one of us should be okay with people being that kind of mean and that kind of ugly. I totally get the challenge of loving people who hate you, but come on, we should not steep, step down and to crawl down into the mud and the muck of our world and allow that kind of thing to happen around us. Change is what we are called into. You see, we can't just sit here today and have a nice story or a poetic turn of phrase or just tell Jesus's scripture story and expect that all of us will say, great, we will go love our enemies. That will not happen. But I hope that in Jesus's invitation, in the example we see in people like Joseph from scripture, just sitting here knowing that our world is not okay, that we can at least feel like we'd like to be part of the solution, that we know we can be better, that we can love more, that we can expand and grow and change, and that change takes time. We are nearing the end of the season of Epiphany, and what follows Epiphany is Lent. And Lent can be one of those seasons where it's just like a big old downer, but Lent can be much better than that. Lent is actually a season that invites us to enter into disciplines that give us time to actually make a change. It's not just a day, it's not just a weekend, it's an entire season, more than a month that invites us into creating habits that can actually be good for us. As we end the season of Epiphany this week and next week, I invite you to begin to think about what you can do in Lent, 
what Lent affords you in your personal life, something you can take on, something you can give up, but one way or the other, a discipline in that season that will help you grow more deeply into the kind of loving, faithful person we all hope to be. This is an opportunity for each and every one of us. Change takes time, but we are given the gift of time in these holy seasons that we share, where we can be accountable to one another, lift one another up, hold one another accountable, and in doing so, actually become more and more the people we were created to be, and I dare say, the people we actually want to be. Meeting Jesus changes us. We cannot help but be changed and inspired when we come face to face with Christ. I hope that each one of us receives this invitation to actually grow more deeply, more profoundly, into what is so hard to do, and that is to love. We can become the love we hope to see in the world. And when we do, change it for good. Amen.